0: Welcome to the Bioelectronics Podcast by NeuroCore, I'm your host Rick Rowan, and this is where we can hear about how Bioelectronics is changing healthcare and providing benefits to both patients and healthcare systems worldwide. Welcome to the Bioelectronics Podcast, I'm Rick Rowan, your host. This week I'm joined by Dr. James Samaru, as usual, and ex-rugby player Bryn Mawr Williams, a rugby legend. I'll let him do his uh, own intro so I don't embarrass myself, welcome both. Hi, Rick. Bryn, could you give our listeners uh, some information around your background?
1: Yeah, thank you for the welcome, and thank you for calling me a legend. I, I, I would drink yeah, one day when we eventually meet <laughs> each other. Um, no, my background is I I was um, I, I played rugby for Cardiff and Swansea, uh, which are two big cities in South Wales, as you know. Um, and then I went on to play for Wales uh, in the 70s. I played for the British Lions in New Zealand in 77. We toured New Zealand for three and a half months. It was the old-fashioned Lions Tour. We left on May the 4th and came back on August the 27th. We played 25 games, not like the last Lions Tour. that played, I think, eight or nine games, if I remember. <laughs> uh, entirely different complexion on things in those days. It was amateur, of course, because uh, uh, international rugby was not professional in those days. Um, I played till I was about 33, played rugby league um, for Cardiff City, Blue Dragons. That's a rugby league team that, um originated around the football club, which was of City, as, as is still the case. Um, I played against Australia um for the Welsh Rugby League international side as well. And so a love the experience. i have about 13 years at the top, if you like. I don't mean that to sound arrogant, but I have 13 years playing top-class sport. Got lots of injuries along the way. I also did some high jumping for Wales back in the sort of when I was about 19, 20. I was got a reasonable high jump. I don't know where it came from because I'm not terribly tall, but... Um, so I, I'm referring to the high jump because I used to jump into sand pits in those days. And some of my injuries, my consultants or my, my orthopedic surgeons over the years have told me it may have come from that. Now they jump into crash mats and airbags and things. But in those days, we were jumping into wet sand pits sometimes. It's really had a hell of an <laughs> heavy impact on the body. Um, I'm, uh, I live in Calvary, just outside South Wales. I've got, uh, I'm married. I got four kids and my two sons are professional rugby players as well. Lloyd plays for Cardiff Lewis and he's played for Wales and the Barbarians played in the World Cup in 2011 and 2015. My son Tom plays his rugby in Jersey at the moment in the English Championship. Uh, he's had two very serious shoulder operations. Um, he's played for the Welsh Senna side team as well. So we, we rugbyed out in, the, in this family. My My two daughters and my wife are uh, they say they love the sport, but I'm not quite sure now after all these injuries they've had to see. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, that's a bit of a snapshot. I I was paid um, when I played rugby league, of course, because that's a professional sport, not rugby union. Um, and I was a, a pre-teacher for nearly three years. And then when the rugby takes off in those days, you'd have lots of opportunities to get into business. And uh, I went into business and i have been a director of a company called Thomas Carl for the last the last 14 years. I, I'm now 68. I'm still working three to stroke four days a week and I'm sort of enjoying it. And I've worked for the BBC for many years as a, a second voice, if you like, not a commentator, but a second voice. I work for S4C because I'm a fluent Welsh speaker. Um, So a, a, lot, a lot of serious attachment to, to sport, not only my playing days, but also... After I fin- finished playing, so yeah, I'm sort of wrapped up in it a bit, and uh, rugby's been good to me despite the injuries because uh, <laughs> I, I, I've probably done reasonably well in business and joined my boys playing, etc. Um, so I, I can only appreciate the time. Although I've got a few weeks and, and pains now as a result, but I'd do it all over again if I had the choice.
0: Good for
2: you, um, and I suppose if I if I can jump in, obviously with with such a passion for sport and i guess a, a career and a hobby and and everything else that sport is to you obviously you want to keep it going for for as long as possible and with something as as high contact as as you know rugby union rugby league you you're obviously going to get injuries over that time which you, which you mentioned and your son's shoulder injury and and various things that you've obviously gone through in that time i mean how do you Cope with injury as you go through your career. Is it something that you sort of accept? Of like, oh, we're going to have to have time out. I mean, did did you did do they do as much prevention? Um, did they do as much prevention in those days as they do as they do these days and things like that? What's your sort of relationship with injury and recovery?
1: Well, interesting question because I sort of envy my two boys now and and the so the knowledge and the expertise um, that's around now to deal with their problems like all rugby players footballers. Uh, you, you know the um, knowledge has been become, you know, so advanced compared to the days yeah. I played. I mean, if you had a shoulder dislocation back in the seventies or you had a, a cartilage problem, they just they just took the cartilage out. There was no trimming it. <laughs> you know, they just took it out and you were stuck without the cartilage. Thankfully, that didn't happen to me. Although I have had two half new knee replacements, if that makes sense. So I've still got yeah, my yeah. cartilage in both knees, um, and that was about five years ago. That came about because of weight training. I was an obsessive weight trainer, both in my playing days and, and afterwards, power cleaning and this type of thing, not bodybuilding, just fitness. And sure. And, and the pressure of lifting uh, through the knees, of course, eventually took its toll on the joints. And, and that's why that problem developed for me, which I had resolved. And it's been great ever since. Yeah. The boys though seem to have the best of attention, the best medical advice, the best consultants. Available uh, in sport, and it's all free, they go private immediately. Um, but you do you accept it, it is part of the baggage. With certainly contact sport like rugby, you've just got to accept it. And I think I said at the beginning of my long winded introduction, I'm sorry, um, I said (laughs) I'd do it all over again, and I probably would because I made some great friends out of the sport, have some great and I travel the world. Uh, because of rugby. And, uh, you know, that's something that doesn't come along to, to too many people. But yeah, the injury just came along and you sort of, you did your bit in, in recovering from them. In the days, if you had a bang on the leg, you put some ice on it. Um, and within two days, they tell you, well, run it off you know, and only be doing things like that. But of course, nowadays, it's a different kettle of fish because it's professional. The pressure to get these players back by way of, um, as early as possible is, is, is understandable. But they don't want them back unless they're 100 percent right, and I think you know that's yeah. the difference I'm seeing now. And uh, my two boys, they both had quite serious injuries, but they're both well now. But Tom is the one that's had really, really bad shoulder operations and, and taking a long time to recover. He's still playing; he's got another you know, year on his contract on Jersey Reds, which mm-hmm. is the championship team playing out of Jersey. And uh, he's been home with us recently because of the COVID nineteen thing, but he's going back on Thursday. He's got a job coaching the ladies' team out there and his season mm. starts in September. So he have got three seasons to think about as well. But yeah, I think you just accept the injuries so that you're gonna get bangs. I think you tend to I think work much harder to try and strengthen them now because it's professional. They got all day to build up their bodies to withstand the contact side of things. Again, going back to the comparisons that you're kind of drawing with my days and and nowadays, of course, I was keeping a job done at the time, and you trained most evenings on your own, or you trained yeah, three times with your club.
2: It's interesting, isn't it? Like as the as as the general population gets fitter, and we all play more sport, we all become more athletic. I think there's so many people that have had similar issues without similar I suppose to when you were playing right without that kind of attention from the top medical advice and the top medical devices and the brand new innovations. And I think it's a, it's a similar thing, I suppose, to a lot of the general population. You know, you might play football or rugby three times a week for your local team and you pick up those knocks, but you don't get them fully rehabbed. You don't have them fully physioed. And I think it is meaning that as people are getting older, they're suffering from a lot more of those aches and pains that that, that you know you alluded to in, in your intro as well. And there is so much innovation out there and there is access to the information. There are the best ways to physio and rehab, but it sounds like often people don't get that. And I suppose, you know, you mentioned that you're 68 now and there probably are a few aches and pains and all the rest of it. And and but it's funny how both groups still need access to that innovation. You know, we 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 all, whether you're young or old or professional or not, we all kind of need that. And, and I guess my question is, what are the sorts of things that, that you're looking at or, or know or see that your sons use and all those things? What do you see that, that are the most innovative things about recovery at the moment?
1: It was a very interesting point you've raised because I've drawn the comparisons between my experience in the 70s, although amateur, I still had the best of attention for the, from the best orthopedic yeah, surgeon. Fair. My boys have that as well, but you're actually spot on to, to raise the point that the general public don't have any of that, of course. Yeah, and to go to see a physiotherapist these days is is near on sixty quid. I probably. say it,
2: sixty quid you don't have. Yeah, exactly. I,
1: I, I absolutely right. I mean, it's quite interesting what's happened to me in the last in the last eighteen months. I've got these trigger finger problems, and uh, I was only chatting to Yayan Evans. You may know Yayan. Of course, he's a famous rugby player himself, and I think he's involved with Muraco. Where he's, I think, he's a, a stakeholder in the business, and I knew. Mark Hopkins, who's a friend, played golf with him. And uh, um I'd heard of this equipment, but I hadn't seen it. And I started saying how I was struggling hands-wise, my fingers, and everything else. And I tried everything from bathing them in hot water in the mornings um to, to sort of hot water bottle to you know, these sort of um seed bags you can heat up in the microwave, everything. Yeah. Um, Work them hard. I, I wasn't having any joy at all. I've had an operation on two fingers, um, which are pain-free now, but I can, I'll can i never be able to straighten them again. And another three fingers are struggling in the same way. Mm. Um, now, my son had the shoulder operation, and he had a bit of a – I can't remember. I think it was TENS, it was called, which is nerve stimulation, which is like mm. involuntary movements to get things moving around the shoulder, which helped him recover. Um, that's about the only – so sort of super technical thing I've seen, if it is super technical, uh, James. Um, then <laughs> chatting, chatting to Yayan and then chatting to Mark about my hands, and they said, well, you've got to try and miracle. And, uh, you know, as, as I know Marnie knows, you may know this, uh, James by now probably, Rick probably does as well, you know, I, I eventually had the, the gloves for a couple of weeks just to see how they worked. I found a, a vast improvement, um, which culminated in me actually buying them because I want them on a permanent basis not only to help me with my hands but also uh, to help me if I have any like I get stiff shoulders sometimes you know my my knees play up and things like this I haven't used uh, Neuroco for that yet but I'm glad I've got them got the, the the equipment to hand because I can see myself as I get older again mm. wanting to turn to something like that to try and get everything working and to try and reduce the inflammation and what have you yeah but, but again, as I told Marnie not so long ago, and I told Mark Hopkins, I've seen a vast improvement in wearing the gloves. You know, it's the gloves that I've been putting on. Yeah. And and the only time I've come across this sort of equipment is seeing sort of uh, like ice boots and things like this with the boys. I can see that technology has moved on in in all sort of areas of life, isn't it? You know, whether yeah. it's whether it's medicine, whether it's training, or whatever the case may be. And uh, well, I feel I've got up to date stuff now. I got this neuro code, which is why we're talking. I know it is working. me <laughs> but I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to bullshit you in any way. That just for the sake of it, but it does work for me. Um, James has helped me a lot, and in fact, I've had a session this morning, and uh, my hands are moving a lot, a lot better as, as a result. It doesn't solve my problem, but it's certainly improving my my situation.
0: Yeah, um, Bryn, you mentioned you had surgery on um, on a couple of the other. Or a couple of times previously. Yes, I have. Uh, yeah, would you consider that again, or, or what ended up being the the net result of that? I know it can be successful for for some, but for others, it's um, it's you know it's marginal. Um, it just depends on the individual, of course, as does any treatment.
1: Yeah. Well, again, you know, it's a really interesting question because. Um, of my weight training, um, mm. although I get none of it, but I always weight trained, and my legs have always been pretty strong. Mm. And uh, the the orthopedic surgeon, yes, people think, Well, oh, you played rugby, that's why your knees have gone. Um, anyway, um, I, my legs were strong, and he said that I needed, and I had them done simultaneously, which was, it was either brave or foolish, but a bit of both, I suspect. But <laughs> after about five years of problems with my knees, if not a bit longer, when I'd go in and have an arthroscopy, where they'd chip off at the, you know, the loose cartilage, um, which was causing inflammation, then I'd be okay for eight or nine months. Then I'd go back and have it done again mm-hmm. uh, until, in the end, I had to sort of so, sort of look at more serious surgery. Mm-hmm. So he, uh, the orthopedic surgeon, uh, invited me into to the hospital to to have a chat with him about what they were going to do. And uh, there's enough cartilage on one part of the knee, and that applies to more both legs and they wanted to put um, some titanium into the other section of the knee and I went in and uh, I had the operation. I was in hospital for 12 days because, pardon the pun, I didn't have a leg to stand on, so they had to get me back on my feet before I could leave hospital. Yeah, well. um, But uh, because I kept my legs strong, I, I touched wood. I've never had a problem since with my knees. I'm still playing a lot of golf. um I got an exercise bike up in this little mini gym in my attic here which I, I sort of work quite regularly on. I've had no trouble at all with my knees, but but that's how it how it happened. but I did get my legs really strong in order to to deal with the operation and then when I had the op my, my recovery obviously took about two or three months but because it was quite a well big traumatic surgery um but after yeah. that, it, you know, I was, I've been well ever, ever since. I can't run on things. I mean, I can run, but I can't run for longer. You wouldn't recommend that I run because my knees are, I've got metal in them, you know. So, but I, I walk briskly, I walk properly without pain. He used to call me the broken down cowboy before I had this done because I was still so <laughs> trying to walk on the outside of my knees. Um, that, uh, you know, I was, a, it was a bit of a laughing stock, but in an affectionate way sort of thing. But I've been great ever since. But, you know, other injury, I've had a major operation on my ankle, which, again, was a long time ago, but, but that's been fine, touch wood. Um, peculiarly enough, my, my, my main problems have been my hands. Um, but I played scum half, and in those days, the days that I played, there was a lot of what's called dive passing. I don't know if you're familiar with we rugby, a lot of dive passing, where there was erratic possession from lineups and things, where sometimes the number nine in the team had to do a fallway pass, where you were actually throwing your body in the direction of the pass, but that meant you landed on your hands and mm. splayed your fingers, and it's that sort of wear and tear. The high jump I mentioned to you as well, you know, landing into hard sand I took it toll, and that's what uh, the gentleman that's been looking after me in my hand recently tells me. That's that's why I've got these problems. is is serious wear and tear. Asking far more of the hands than any normal person would, and I'm I'm paying the price now, and it's uh it's quite daunting, you know. They they're painful in the mornings and. And uh, I said I put my gloves on, and um, it's, it's helped me a great deal. So, you know, yeah, that, that's my sort of, you know, compendium of, of injury problems. They've all been pretty big, but but I'm, I'm still playing golf. You know, I'm uh, I'm still able to do a bit of gardening. I'm still working three days a week, and you know, I count my lucky stars. I suppose, James. Um, Bryn, just for personal interest, what um, do you do?
0: You recall which apps or which modes you're using on the on your device with the gloves?
1: Yeah, yes, I do. Um, and if there was one thing I, I perhaps would like, and this is not in any way a complaint, just, uh, just sharing with you, I, I think maybe I would, um, it would be great to have a bit of a, a prescription as, as to what programs are best for me. But to answer the question, you know, I tend to go in straight into improved performance. Mm-hmm. I'm, on, I'm on stage two. Um, I have that for about 20 minutes. Then mm-hmm. I'll do about an hour on the on the the end, touch is it the MC two, which I can't see anything, but it's apparently doing me a power of good. Mm-hmm. So those are the only two things I've I've experimented with in the sort of five six weeks that, I, that I've had this. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I said, well, when I asked for something, you know, is there a better way of using it? I don't know, and I'd like to know. And Mark Hopkins, who sold me the things, a good friend. Mm-hmm. Trying to pin Mark down, but there's a lot going on because of this. Coronavirus problem, so I don't like to chase him down, but I'm sure he'll get around to me soon, just to perhaps prescribe something. So I know my routine. So I get up, I do this lunchtime, I do this in the evenings or before going to bed, I do this. But at the moment, I'm sort of just self-prescribing. I'm just doing, as I said, the improved performance stage two, mm-hmm. and that gets a lot of involuntary movement going. You know, sort of um, tensing, tensing the muscles and things like this. Yes. Then I go after recovery. No, sorry, yeah, that's right, BMC. The, the MC2, you know, the, the center one sort of thing, which gives me the, the sort of the microcurrent therapy that runs through my hands, but I don't feel it. <laughs> uh, that's right. Uh,
0: so the the microcurrent definitely post the treatment. Uh, I mean, if you can squeeze it in twice twice a day, particularly in the evenings before uh,
1: sleeping, that certainly could be beneficial. Uh, okay. Okay. For- how long then would that be? Half an hour, or should it be an hour? Or watching TV for a couple of hours, you know, that type of thing.
0: Yeah, either way. In your in your case, um, you've most likely got some inflammation. Yes. From the you know from the injury, so yeah, half an hour to an hour w- would be good. Uh, if you you know if you if you're short for time, then then of course half an hour is fine. And if you've got the time, then um, the additional time is in your case is certainly beneficial because as you mentioned it's not it's not going to fix anything but you know it certainly should be help, able to help manage it yes. and manage that inflammation which is quite often the cause of the pain
1: thanks rick yeah it's it's interesting i mean my, my index finger mm-hmm. there's no way i can i can flex that totally when i w- wake up so i can't clench it like in a fist formation mm-hmm. but once i've once i've been on the with the gloves on for my, you know, and that, that's usually the, the improved performance stage two, I think is that is the one I'm referring to. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am, um, you know, I can flex it properly and it feels fine. But the following morning, I, I'm sort of in, in a fairly similar situation. Although mm-hmm. generally speaking, I'm much improved having used the gloves quite regularly for the past five or six weeks. I, I, I'm still seeing the specialist next week to have, uh, you know, to have a consultation because this thing hasn't gone away, but a mm-hmm. way of managing the problem, mm-hmm. I could survive like this indefinitely, but I don't want to, just in case it deteriorates as I yeah. grow <laughs> Yes, sense? of
0: course, sure. The, the only thing I would suggest there is uh, potentially the recovery uh, app could be beneficial. I mean, e- either the, the training one or the recovery one is going to pr- probably provide uh, what you, you need. They're just different variations of... Um, stimulation both neuromuscular and nerve and
1: thank
0: you thank you yeah with, with bioelectronics or with these formulations a little bit like choosing from a menu uh, rather than a specific treatment and um similarly to a menu it's it's sort of what what's working or what you're enjoying what's feeling feeling good um yes you know what's giving you the, the most relief but certainly if you could split or add in the additional evening session of microcurrent that uh, certainly could be
1: beneficial. Oh, oh thank you for that. It's, I'm a bit of a because I'm sort of, um, you know, I want to feel an impact. I want to feel some tensing of the muscles, you know, where <laughs> you know. The one that you don't feel any sensation, you're not quite sure if it's doing any good.
0: I can't remember if Mark or Yian mentioned that uh, initially your uh, interest or how you got introduced to to um, to our product was you were looking for, uh, some type of treatment or needing something during lockdown—is that correct?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's right. I mean, I'm just complaining um, that you know my hands were hurting, and Yayan mm. started chatting, and Yayan brought the gloves over because we lived just you know 30 yards away from each other, and then then Mark brought the full package over and talked me through how to use it. Um, yes, lockdown was a, a frustration, but you you understood and respected the environment because it's been desperate across the world, of course. Yes. Um, but um, what I've had previously, incidentally, just quickly, is that I used to have steroid injections, and that and that that helped me a lot. Um, I'm going back now, eighteen months, two years, when these problems started, I ended up having an operation with two fingers, the middle finger on both hands. I had them done the same day, and you know I was in bandages for a couple of weeks, but. Um, I'm not in pain in those fingers now, but they are, uh, they, they're bent, and you know, I can still grip a golf club, but I, I couldn't straighten them, you know. And um, mm-hmm. so, um, and then because of that, um, because, because of that, I just, I couldn't, I can't have a steroid injection, incidentally. That's what I'm trying to say, forgive me, um, because that, that diminishes the immune system. So I wasn't really looking as if I was going to get relief anywhere for, for months. So Mm -hmm. chatting to the I.N. and and then Mark is um, what was was perfect for me because I found out about uh, miracle and I started using it, of course, as an experiment. It was working for me, so I eventually decided to buy it and I'm still using it. And, uh, you know, I'm I'm progressing. I am much better. And with the lockdown factor, I still haven't seen a specialist, although I have got an appointment next Friday. Um, It's a consultation and it's very cautiously done. But I feel like, and as I said to you previously, although NeuroCourse neuro- helped me and the gloves are fantastic, you know, I still need to address this going forward because I'm not sure where I'll be in two years' time. And I don't want to be stopped playing golf. I want to be able to grip the steering wheel in the car. You know, there's all sorts of things that you want to do with your hands, isn't it? It's only when you have an injury that you realise how impressive they are. But yes, um, yeah, a lot of lockdown frustration, I think, sort of tended to prompt the conversation and then Yayan yeah, shared some information and the gloves with me, and then Mark came to educate me a little bit further. And well, here we are, so sort of
2: <laughs> And Bryn, what have you? What have you noticed specifically out of interest? So, my background is that I'm actually an anesthetist, so I'm a doctor by training. And one of the things that anesthetists do is is manage pain, and it's one of the the big things that that we obviously research and treat in loads of different ways. I, is it pain relief that you've found has been the biggest benefit of using this? Or have you noticed an increase in function? Or I suppose you would if you've got less pain, but yeah, what's the kind of, what what, what have you noticed most about using it?
1: In- increase in function. Those are the very words that I Okay. Okay. Um, um, and because there's an increase in function, the pain has been alleviated because the has come back. And I'm I understand that the gloves or the equipment actually suppresses the inflammation, which, which seems to make things pretty good, you know, but as I said, once, mm. once a few hours have gone by, I, I am much improved, but it, the problem is still there, Rick, you know, and uh, that's the frustration, not that I'm expecting the gloves to solve my problem entirely, but they make my day far more comfortable and, and more, and more tolerable. And, uh, and that's why, you know, I, I will always put them on in the mornings and, I find that I'm much better for it, but it's, it's, it's the flexibility, it's the improved sort of, you know, the hands work far better, whereas without using them, you know, my, my hand, I can't, I can't flex, my index finger, my ring finger on my right hand side, I tend to wear a ring on it, but it's, I, I, I'm not at the moment because it swells up a little bit sometimes. So, um uh, you know, and those are the two really troublesome fingers at the moment, but the gloves, yeah. the gloves help me big time you know I I have to yeah Um, I I wish I was going to ask the question you know if I use them for three months will it solve my problem or perhaps it won't quite do that because there are too many problems in in the joints themselves but it does improve things and and makes my I'm a far more cheerful person if if I'm a a little bit sort of grumpy in the house Jane says put those bloody gloves on
2: (laughs) And Rick, from your perspective, what so what do you think is happening there? What's the sort of hypothesis or working theory as to what's happening there? Because obviously, Bryn's feeling specific um, benefit from the microcurrent, clearly from what he's saying. So what do you think is happening? Because I suppose for people that don't know trigger finger is, is where the tendon is shortening and your, and your finger is held in a, in a sort of flexed position Mm -hmm. rather than being able to Mm -hmm. straighten it. And so there's obviously a lot of, um, I guess, hardening of the tendon and things like that, which, which brings obviously seeing some relief. So what, what
0: do you think is happening there? Yeah. So the, the most common, I mean, obviously not being a doctor myself and, um, You always, you you always (laughs) caveat that every single episode. (laughs) Fair enough. I'm not going to shout at you You, if you say something. That's okay. Uh, (laughs) I can't remember if the lawyers told me to do that or not. but with regards to, to trigger finger, common, mm. you know, having researched that common treatments are things like rest or, or joint, uh, you know, avoiding certain activities and non non-steroid, steroidal anti inflammatories, et cetera. Mm. So that indicates to me that primarily there's a an inflammation process uh, mm. at play, which uh, then causes um, pain. And as Bryn mentioned there, sometimes swelling. And these are. Uh, um, you know, a, 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 a circular issue as in, you know, inflammation or swelling causes reduction in circulation, which causes more inflammation. Mm. Um, so th- there's a few things that are happening. One, Bryn mentioned that he uh, has a, a liking for the, the stimulatory side of it, which is helping to physically stimulate the muscle and tissue or surrounding um, tissue. So that improves circulation. Mm. The uh, nerve stimulatory Uh, formulations within that will help to manage the the pain so that the actual pain sensation which um, allows Bryn to then of course um, have movement without as much pain and then you've got the microcurrent which is you know working to reduce that inflammation and to help the body manage or get on top of um, this uh, inflammation or damage process so it, it can't fix it and I would you know wouldn't dare say that it, that it can, but the, what you're trying to do, and it looks from other treatments suggested, is you're trying to get in front of that uh, inflammation so that it becomes manageable and mm. quality, quality of life improves. And, you know, as Bryn has found, it, it has been doing that for him. Yeah, perhaps with a little bit of tweaking of the treatment, um, you know, we can help him get in front of that even a little bit more and so that it becomes, you know, an even better outcome. But, yeah, certainly without claiming that it's going to fix it, but it's not about fixing it. Um, you know, it's already, surgery's been tried for that and it's not really a, an issue that has been deemed to be fixable. I mean, no offence for him, but, you know, given, no, you know, age and and probably the fact that you're in good physical condition is helping there's probably others who are not you know wouldn't fare so well but i think that there's further room for further improvement using the technology um, and you know what what's available now obviously this this product that bryn has is not optimized specifically for this this app it's quite broad spectrum but certainly capable of you know even further improvement from what he's already having
2: and Bryn, i suppose i suppose last question for me then would be do, do you uh, but how how do you see the athletes now in terms of the new innovations that they're part of? Do you, do you see them using things like this in future? Do you think that's, that's going to be something that they, that they do? I know lots of athletes do use bioelectronics and things like that, but obviously with your sons and, and looking at what they go through with their recovery and rehab, do you think there's a place for this as a tech, as a technology in, um, in elite sport a bit more generally?
1: Yeah, well, it's interesting. The only evidence I've got is the way that, that um, Neil, of course, helped me by the gland. Mm. And the boys visit from time to time. And, you know, they are pretty interested in it, although I think they've had similar things. I mentioned TENS. Is that a familiar term to you? I think it is, James. Rick, maybe TENS. It's, like, it's, it's very similar where the pads are put on the shoulder. And they sort of – my son had a – Tom had a desperately bad nerve injury in the shoulder, and going back about two years, and he used he used what was available to him at the time. So, and he came on a bomb because of the use of that sort of technology, which I think is in the same family as Neurocall, or maybe a different business, of course. Um, but yeah, but I, I see it, and it it's, it's interesting, you know. I'm just telling the two boys recently, you know, rugby's been everything to them. They have made a good living out of it, but I tell them, look. Don't forget, you know, post-rugby, there's skiing, which they enjoy. There's surfing, which they enjoy. There's golf, which they enjoy. You know, sport doesn't come to an end at the end of your rugby career, if anything. It starts far more exciting adventures, and you need to be in one piece in order to enjoy those. Um, so any, any equipment, any technology, any anything which is... Enhancing recovery and, and not only recovery for them to play the next game, but recovery by way of getting them prepared for the next 40 years. Because when you hit 30 playing professional sport, it's the next 30 years that matter, not the 30 years that just yeah. gone. So I, I, I see the, the evidence I've enjoyed with the improvement I've seen. Um, you know, I hope that these, this sort of equipment is available to everybody. Um, uh, you know, because it, it has a part to play, you know? and I'm an old croc, you know. We'll see this. <laughs> My hands look pretty normal, by the way, just in case you've got this image in your mind that they come. <laughs> they, say, hey, they look okay. That, that frustrates me as well. They look all right. Why are they so damn painful? <laughs> but yes, yes, to answer your question, sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm well, Susie, I'm a well speaker. We tend to take ages just to answer one question, so forgive me for that. But yes, I do see all sorts of. Advantages to using this sort of equipment with with athletes, and not I'm talking rugby, but there's athletics, there's well, all sorts of sports, isn't there? Football, tennis, so everything, you know, anything that enhances recovery and, and makes makes the body secure and well long term. And I I do emphasise the long term. You know, you the danger sometimes is so I see with the boys is that they get them ready in, in about three weeks and they seem to be fully healed, but Maybe they need to have free contact sessions before they play, but they're straight into a game, you know, and then suddenly I think that that, that in some ways jeopardises full recovery because too much is asked too early. But um, that's, that's life in professional sport, I suppose.
2: I think you're right. And I think even, even from my position, you know, I play, I play tennis, you know, three, four, sometimes five or seven times a week, depending on the, how busy I am. But it, you know, it's, it's true. You know, I, I pick, I pick up niggles and, and stuff now. And I, there are things that I could have sorted a bit earlier, a few years ago that I might have rested a bit more or that I might have rehabbed properly. And they're starting to creep up with me now. And I think from your perspective, obviously as, as an international rugby player, and even my perspective and and everybody else listening's perspective, you might play sport a few times a week because they enjoy it they're still going pretty hard for them you don't have to be an international athlete to require these things right and whether it's bioelectronics or whether it's just resting properly or whether it's using a BOSU ball or whether it's you know any sort of training that 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 helps you look after yourself I think it's all just extremely important because we we don't want to be getting to 80 90 years old in pain and and I think um the the main thing that i suppose i've learned on this is is to to think about the future and everything that you're doing because i'm sure in 20 years time i'll look back at what i said now and think i should have rested that ankle a bit more i probably should have put some pads on and had some microcurrent going through or you know something something like that right so i think yeah for those people listening i think that's probably the most important thing i don't know if you have any final um, thoughts
0: Rick. no bryn it's been wonderful chatting and sharing your life story and achievements and <laughs> giving our audience insight into you know, what some of the, I don't know if complications is the right word, but some of the challenges of trigger finger, because I don't think it's actually that well-known um, physiological, no. mm-hmm.
1: physiological it's, I think issue. it's not talked about a lot because it's sort of generally accepted or, you know, the, the chat was got it. Mm-hmm. Oh, I got trigger finger is only when you come across another person with the same problem that you that you start chatting about it. Because if I complain to my friends, or oh, i got trigger finger, what's that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then again, I'm told, you know, because of my because I'm sort of telling the doctor, I got three or four fingers with problems. They say oh, it's very common, but it's like I said. In fact, I saw an article in the paper yesterday um, about an operation on the hand, and you may know far more about this than I do. But it's um, it's like it, it, it's um, it's uh, adrenaline being injected into the hand, so you don't have to have the tourniquet mm. and of the blood, and then they can operate a bit more freely without. Because the, the operations I've had were with the, with the two hands. I mean, the tourniquet was, was desperate. You almost couldn't wait for them to finish because yeah. the pain in the arm was greater than anything else. <laughs> But I read that yesterday because I'm interested in it, you know, talking to you. I'm interested in the subject, you know. Yeah, we're talking about the gloves and Neuroco new and the advantages I've gained from, from, from buying the equipment. Um, but I'm still looking to, to hopefully resolve this entirely. there's something out there. And surgery doesn't always excite me because, you know, like I said, I'm left with two flexed fingers. You know, I can't straighten them. So when I wave at somebody in the car, I don't know if I'm clenching a fist or if I'm actually raising a hand. You know, I'm not too quite sure what I'm impression that leaves on people. <laughs> but there we are. Sorry, here I go again.
0: No, that's entirely fine. Look, it's it's been great chatting, and uh, uh, I think there's been a lot of insight here for for listeners on a number of levels, and um, c- certainly even from my perspective. Understanding how you're how you're using it, what impact it's had, as you know, it's been it's been very insightful. Thank you,
1: Rick. Oh, thank you, both. Thank you, both.
0: Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Bioelectronics Podcast by Neurocore, and for making it to the end of this episode. If you enjoyed it, remember to subscribe, rate us, and leave a review. We'd much appreciate it. And you can head to the description of this episode to follow us on all of our socials, so you don't miss out on any of the latest bioelectronics content.